Shalom, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. We believe the Torah is relevant for our lives today, God's teachings and instructions. You may very well be part of the first generation to be born again, filled with the Holy Spirit, and have the Torah, a Christian with Torah. Join us as we honor the living God through the study of His Word, topical conversations, and interviews with special guests. Please welcome our hosts, Pastor Nick Plummer and Ryan Cabrera. Shalom, everybody, and welcome to Christians with Torah, the Beit Tehillah Community Podcast. I'm your co-host, Ryan Cabrera, and I'm here in Studio B with Pastor Nick Plummer. Hey, Pastor Nick. Great to be here. Oh, boy, is it. We're a little late. We are. I just got back from vacation, and so I'm feeling pretty good about life. I have a little bit, you know, pinkness to my cheeks, although I don't think you can tell. Yeah, that's just how I look year round. It's good. Um, we are counting up still during the season of the Omer. We are, and we are looking forward to Shavuot, the Feast of Weeks, aka Pentecost. And today we are studying the Torah portion, Emor, not Eor, Emor, which means say. And it is the Torah portion found in the Book of Leviticus, starting in chapter twenty-one and verse one, and ending in chapter twenty-four and verse twenty-three. So, this starts and ends with consecration, this particular book. Starts and ends with consecration. Yes. It's the heart of the Torah. To the left, Genesis and Exodus. To the right, Numbers and Deuteronomy. Now, chapters 1 through 17 is the way to God. Chapters 18 to 27 is the walk with God. So, as we jump right into this, we are, of course, walking with God because we are in Leviticus chapter 21. I'm going to have Ryan read (coughs) at least... Chapter 21, verses 1 through 9. Let's do 1 through 8. 8 it is. And that'll be good. And the Lord uh, said unto Moses, Speak unto the priests, the sons of Aaron, and say unto them, There shall none be defiled for the dead among his people. But for his kin that is near unto him, that is, for his mother, or for his father, or for his son, or for his daughter, or for his brother. And for his sister, a virgin that is nigh unto him, which hath had no husband, for her may he be defiled. But he shall not defile himself, being a chief man among his people, to profane himself. They shall not make baldness upon their head, neither shall they shave off the corners of their beard, nor make any cuttings in their flesh. They shall, not, uh, they shall be holy unto their God, and not profane the name of their God, for the offerings of the Lord made by fire, and the bread of their God they do offer. Therefore they shall be holy. They shall not take a wife that is a whore, or profane, neither shall they take a woman put away from her husband, for he is holy unto his God. Thou shalt sanctify him therefore, for he offereth the bread of thy God, he shall be holy unto thee, for I the Lord which sanctify you am holy. Wow. So once again, it's the holiness of the priests. Did the Lord tell Moses that the house of Levi must not be defiled for the dead among his people? Yes, that is correct. So that's the house of Levi. So that's the high priest. This is the priest. line. Yes. Well, it says the, the priest, right? The Cohens. Yes, the Kohanim. Yep. Okay. Uh, a Levite could defile himself for his immediate family, mother, father, his son, daughter, or brother. A Levite cannot make baldness or shave off the corner of his beard. Now notice, these are all the things that were done in the culture after there was a death right. in regards to the dead. Right. So he's like, this is what they do. I don't want you doing this. Right. Now, um, this is where you get the little peyotes, curly right. cues. 
And so I noticed that this is more about the Kohanim, more the priests, than it is actually about the people in Israel at large. Right. Absolutely. So, so yeah. So once again, uh, this is where today you have the tradition of the Jewish people, the Orthodox Jews, not cutting the sides of their hair. The peyote. The peyote. Yeah. And and making it. That's that's where they get this from. Yeah. And so for those of you that snicker, right, at the peyote snicker, or snarl, you know, the snare. the hats and the curly cues and the kippas and all these yeah. things and the black suits and all that, um, I was uh, talking to someone about this one time and I got a perspective. You know how like sometimes you can hear something and it, it changes your perspective and then you see something through a different lens. And, you know, it, it says here, and we can make every reason why not to keep this command, right? I'm not a priest. I'm not this. I'm not that, right? Um, but what's cool is the Jewish people look for reasons why to keep a command. That's true. And how to take it to the furthest extent they possibly can in order to show God they love him. And I think that is a cool attitude to have towards these things. And I think some people want to put legalism on it, and there's no doubt that some people do things in legalism. But I look at this thing overall, and I view it through that lens now. Right. And when I see it, I'm thankful that those people love God so much that they do these outward expressions to show that they're part of his family and that they love him and they're part of his His kingdom. Yeah, you know, it's uh, it's like a lot of times when you, you tell your children to do something, you don't want a discourse or a conversation. Yeah. <laughs> or a negotiation. Why are we talking about this? But yeah. I, I, just, I just had a thought, and I was just going to remind you, Ryan, that a lot of the Orthodox Jews are coming from a European Jewry. Oh, yeah, you know? the Ashkenazi so Jews. The Ashkenazi yeah. Jews with the hats and the coats and the, the things like the that. The Haredi Hasidic. Right, but, but what I want to remind you is that but there's a, actually a movement among this third generation. They want to go back to the time of David. Absolutely, yeah. So that's like what we, we enjoy that conversation. Yeah, we were trying to come up with like a name for them, right? And so we called them what? Modern Orthodox I'm Jews not sure. yeah. or National Zionists. I know. You know? That's, that's, um, it. that's something we have to, you know, have to work on. And you'll see them because you'll see the, the right. Hasidic Jews, and they're very obvious, right? Black tie, right. white shirt, black jacket, you know, black pants, specific types of hats, right? I mean, there's right. a very specific look for the, the Haredi. And you know, if you want to get a good understanding of, of the Orthodox Jews or, or the basic Orthodox Jews, um, those that are not Christian per se, but if you listen to Shmuel Younger's question and answer session. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That, was good. that went yeah, really, yeah. really well. I think so. So too. once again, we move on here. So a priest uh, daughter who was a whore would be burnt with fire. Remember what Judah said he was going to do to Tamar? Yep. Burn her. Yeah. But he's Judah. What's Tamar? Yeah. Tamar was not an Israelite. No, she was not. She was a, what is she? She was a uh, Dulamite, or what was she? Mm, that's a great question. I, that's, that's, see, you caught me. There's trivia that you caught. I'm usually pretty good, and that's, you caught me on that one. Why don't we look real quick? Well, I'm going to have to. All right, let me go back, because this is going to be fun. Yeah. We, we got time. We do. We have time. Well, really, we don't, but. Um, so let's look at this storyline, because it's really neat, because uh, you got Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob, and then you've got, of course, Joseph goes into Egypt, and then Judah, he decides to go on a little, uh, yeah, he just wants to go <laughs> on a little. Goes on a trip. Goes on a little uh, trip. And he decides to treat himself so, while he's on the trip. Let's see what we got here. Here we go. And it came to pass at that time that Judah went down from his brethren and turned into a certain Adulamite whose name was Hira. And Judah saw there a daughter of a certain Canaanite whose name was Shua. And he took her and went in unto her. And she conceived and bare a son, and he called his name Ur, and she conceived again and bare a son, and she called his name Onan. And she yet again conceived and bare a son and called his name Shelah, and he was at Chezeb. 
when she bare him. And Judah took a wife for Ur in his firstborn, whose name was Tamar. And uh, that's all it says. So Tamar is just Tamar. So we could con- we could conceive that maybe she was a Canaanite because he's in Canaan. Yeah, she wasn't Jewish. Right? He's in Canaan, right. and he took a wife that was a Canaanite. Right. And this was the wife of his son. And this, of course, this whole conversation started because a priest's daughter who was a whore would be burned with fire. And then she, that's what he decides. And then that's what he ends up having to eat crow and say, she is yeah. more righteous than oh, I. Oh, absolutely. And that, that was definitely a bunny trap. I noticed he didn't jump into the fire when he said Which that. Which is interesting, though. The high priest could not defile himself with the dead body of his mother or father. The high priest was required to marry a virgin. So these are all these principles. Right. Now, I, I want to just share this with everybody. We think, wow, this is so strict. Or, gosh, this is really, this is tough. Yeah. Who could qualify? We're, we're going to talk about this, right? Because here's the thing. Not not many. <laughs> not today, at least. No, no. I'd be the janitor. Could we, a priest actually, w- there'd be a whole group of people like protesting to could, change yeah, these rules. But could a priest with a blemish offer the offering of the Lord made by fire? No. Now, hear me out on this. Yeah. If all these requirements are there, what God is showing you is how holy he is. That's right. That you have to give your best, be your best, because you have a free will. But these are this is like the standard to serve God. Right. And that's just the way it is. Because, you know, if he was kind of lackadaisy or didn't have these rules or standards, you would diminish God. He would be diminished. He wouldn't be as, as powerful or as, as spiritual or as holy as you think he really is. I mean, think about it. He knows no sin. I mean, right. That, that blows my mind. He doesn't sin. He's true. Right. I mean, that's like, wow. He never makes a bad decision. Ooh. Well, He's always right. You know why, right? You know why he doesn't make bad decisions. Because he's God. Well, because he has all the information. That's true, too. We would make better decisions. From if, him, all things come. Right, Daddy, who made God? Truly That's knew. my theme. Oh, I know. Uh, from him, all things come. Yeah. It's I don't know. Simple. Who made God? God you know, made himself. How? That's right. I don't know. It's like, you know, when they talk about the Big Bang Theory, at the very end of the presentation, you know, the announcer, the journalist said, what's the bang? Yeah. Where did it come from? Right, 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 right. And they left you hanging like, ooh, that was good. Dun, dun, dun. You get the last, you get the last one in there. So once again, we see the holiness of the priest, Ryan. Now let's jump into the holiness of the offerings. If you don't mind reading uh, verses one through seven. Now we're going to get into offerings are holy. You have to be holy, and then you can present a holy offering. Yeah, no, I, I like this. And the Lord spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto Aaron and to his sons, that they separate themselves from the holy things of the children of Israel, and that they profane not my holy name in those things which they hallow unto me. I am the Lord. Say unto them, Whosoever he be of all your seed among your generations that goeth into the holy things which the children of Israel hallow unto the Lord, having his uncleanness upon him, that soul shall be cut off from my presence. I am the Lord. What man soever of the seed of Aaron is a leper or hath a running issue, he shall not eat of the holy things until he be clean. And whoso toucheth anything that is unclean by the dead, or a man whose seed goeth from him, or whosoever toucheth any creeping thing whereby he may be made unclean, or a man of whom he may take uncleanness whatsoever uncleanness he hath. The soul which hath touched any such shall be unclean until even, and shall not eat of the holy things unless he wash his flesh with water. And when the sun is down, he shall be clean, and shall afterward eat of the holy things, because it is his food. Wow. So now we're going to get into, saving my little place here, 
Now we're going to get into the holiness of the offerings. You know, I was just thinking, Ryan, how much better do you feel when you've been obedient and you avoided temptation or you've really overcome something and you come to church? How good is your praise? Oh, yeah, absolutely. How yeah. good is your offering? Oh, much better. No questions. You're just like, oh, man, yeah. Yeah. I spell thousand. You know? <laughs> so I'm just saying that I, I realize this, that the more obedient I am, the more closeness to God that I get, the better my praises are. Oh, yeah. My tithes and offerings, you know. A little um, more of the blessings. Obedience brings the blessing. Man, I feel like I haven't said that in a while. Obedience brings the blessing. Why? Because blessings are intrinsic in obedience to God. Do you get it? Well, he's going to carry this over in this next chapter. Obedience know? is a blessing. It is. Because here's the thing. Did the Lord stress the importance of avoiding uncleanness for Aaron and his sons? Absolutely. I think like three through seven. You know, he's like an attorney. He writes this out and he says like, just in case you misunderstood what I said the first time I said it. all the way to seven. Yeah. yeah let yeah. me say it six more times. Now, uncleanness... Is it is what's the what's the Hebrew word? Uh, it's tamay. Tamay, it means impurity or filthiness. Right. Now here's the cool thing: uncleanness is one of the seventeen works of the flesh found in Galatians five nineteen to twenty one. So now we got to figure out what's the principle here as far as uncleanness. You know, wait, uncleanness is in the New Testament. Galatians five nineteen to twenty one. Now. This is interesting as we develop this. So he's still reminding them that, you know, you have to be holy unto me. You can't be unclean. You can't offer up, you know, a sacrifice if you're unclean. You yeah. Know. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, did the animal sacrifices have to be offered without blemish? Yes. So that's important. Let's say that you're you're clean. You're good to go. And then you're going to bring your offering. Yeah, I like And it's this. a good offering. Now, yeah. this is in Malachi. He says this in Malachi 1.8. And if you offer the blind for sacrifice, is it not evil? And if ye offer the lame and sick, is it not evil? Offer it now unto the governor, Governor Cobo. <laughs> Poor governor. No, that's no, kidding. Offer it now unto thy governor. Will he be pleased with thee or accept thy person, saith the Lord of hosts? Look at this. Right there. Would you give it to a governor? No. Mm. Why would you give it to me? Yeah. So here's the thing, Ryan. I believe we, we give God our best. This ain't about self-righteousness or being zealous. I think it's like God deserves my best. You know, I had the opportunity to do the memorial service today for for a, a woman who passed away. She had three boys. She was in her 40s. But I brought my best. Amen. I did my best. Yeah, praise I God. got her early. I got things going. I was prayed up, ready to go, met the people. And it just went so well. And then when I showed up, all of this was ready to go? Because I was just thinking, I cannot, I have to give my best. Yeah. Because I just do. Praise and God. I got to give the, uh, you know, the altar call. I got to give the encouragement to oh, them. That's great. What does God want? He wants you. So they, I know a lot of people left here thinking about their life. Yeah. And, and they're going to consider that was encouraging. Yeah. I don't have to be perfect. God just wants me to participate. Yeah. See, I can preach it now because I yeah, heard it. Yeah, there you go. God just wants you to participate with him. We have fallen short, but he just wants you to participate. So so the thing is, here's the priesthood's good, and the, and the offerings are going to be good. Yes. Guess what, look, let me tell you what happens. It says it right here. It says in Leviticus 22, 29, and when you will offer a sacrifice of thanksgiving unto the Lord, offer it at your own will. That's a thanksgiving offering. Guess what the word means, Thanksgiving? I don't. Toda. 
Ah, yeah. So what's Toda Rabah? Yeah, thanks. Thank you very much. Thank you very much. Thank you. Although you very much. Thank you very much. So I learned a Hebrew word. Thanksgiving is Toda. Yeah. Thank you. Yeah. You know, and uh, a lot of times I'll do something for my kids where I go, I go, children, what what do you say? Thank you, Daddy. Yeah. Because I'm trying to teach them. Yes. You know, say please. You know, you know, and, and it's it's funny in some cultures, please actually means could you repeat yourself. I picked up on that up in Ohio with some of my relatives. They would go, please. And I go, please what? He, could you repeat that? Oh, the word please. Gotcha. Please? Huh. No. It's funny how different areas I do know. different things. Where that came from, I don't know. So thinking about the Thanksgiving thing, Ryan, that you can share, but uh, enter to his gates with thanksgiving and into his course with praise. Be thankful unto him and bless his name. That's Psalm 100, verse 4. Now, our weapon of a weapon of praise and worship is so powerful. But I was just thinking, you know, when we come to church and we're thankful, mm-hmm. okay, we enter His gates with thanksgiving. Lord, thank you for another day, because like I said, I did that memorial. Yeah, amen. I wow. get another day. That's right. So I'm thankful to do the podcast. You know, don't put off you know tomorrow what you can do today. But I enter His gates with thanksgiving, and then I, then then I can praise Him. Lord, thank you for this. Thank you for that. You're awesome. Mm-hmm. You're the man. You are the son of man. Oh, yeah. So, you know, I I think I love that more than anything when it comes to the church. Because a lot of times you can come in here and be critical or negative. Then your praise isn't good. And see, these are all principles that people say, well, this is not applicable today. There's no more sacrifice. There's no more. No, but God wants you to be your best. Give your best. Mm -hmm. You know, because we're we're living in a time where there's a lot of self-centeredness and selfishness. But just like, you know, have you ever done something for somebody and they say something like, why did you do that for me? Hmm. And you say, "Yeah, because I can and I want to. You know, I've learned that uh, even the amount of money that I would give somebody or a check, you know, they'd say, how come, you, how, how'd you know it was this much? Why'd you give me this much? Because that's what God told me to give you. And then they'll say something, that's exactly what I needed. Oh, wow. Yeah. That's fantastic. You know, so I'm just saying that. It's kind of a cliche, though, this is, but it, it really is true that if you come in here with Thanksgiving, you will praise Listen, it. you know, uh, just because it's a cliche doesn't mean it's not true. It's just like stereotypes right. exist for a reason. Right. There's a reason why Love certain things. Yeah. Love is a verb. <laughs> but, I mean, Thanksgiving is one of those things where I believe it is a key to happiness. I think it's a key to success. Um you know, uh, Christian and I have been reading uh, Luke every night before bed as part of our Omer yeah. season thing. You know, we're getting Yeshua through. the man. Yeah, we'll be done with the Gospels um, at on on Shavuot. So we'll finish the last chapter. You know, of John. you're supposed to read the Book of Ruth on Shavuot. Well, that's when we get to Shavuot. But that's on true. Shavuot, we'll finish. It's not a big book either. You know, because you know how you do fifty things. You know, whatever. So we'll we'll be done with the Book of John by the time we get to the end of Shavuot or to Shavuot. So, anyways, but my point being that. You know, Jesus says a lot of stuff that I think would go against a lot of the popular things that people have to say. And a lot of the parables and a lot of the rebukes that he gives and a lot of the things that he says, um, I don't think are being preached today. And it's interesting when you see it in his own words and you're like, man, people are preaching the exact opposite of that, right? And so it's a big deal that we read the words of Jesus and what he said. we have rights and entitlement. Well, well, that's a whole other story. But yes, that is well. I didn't get my second stimulus package, okay? <laughs> How do I do that? Yeah, we'll work on that. Thank that's you. for later. That's for later. But, You're here uh, to help me to get money. 
You, you do. Yeah, I'm gonna get your that. blessings to you. Yeah. Yeah, get it to me. Help me out. I'm gonna get you with a few yours. little websites. Yeah, click here, click there. I just you know haven't got my tax refund for 2020. Yeah. But they're saying they're eight weeks behind at least. Yeah. And I I haven't hit the eight weeks yet. Yeah. Until have, like May 4th. I haven't either. So. I haven't hit the eight week mark. Yeah. So I, I feel better. I'm not. I'm not. You know. No effigies of the President Biden hitting yeah. it or anything. But but are you thankful for what you have now? Oh yeah. Yeah. Oh yeah. You know it blows my mind sometimes because um, you know Jesus says that the one that forgive has been forgiven much. He's talking about those that have been forgiven a debt. Required and he says, much, yeah. you know, which one of these two, he gives the example, is going to be um, love more, be happier. That's true. Right? And he's telling this to, I think it's a Pharisee, right? Um, because they're giving him grief. You know, why, why are you hanging out with the sinners and stuff? And so right. everybody knows the one where he says, well, they need, you know, the sick are in need of a physician, not, you know, the, the well. But he also goes on and mentions a parable about the debts. And the debts being the one who only owed, you know, call it a hundred, and the other one who owed a thousand. Oh yeah, that was know? not a good story. That was terrible for that guy. Well, there's there's two different ones. There's two different uh, versions of the story. Oh. Um, one in Luke and one in, in Matthew. Um, but the one in Luke uh, talks just about which one is going to be more grateful, and obviously the one that received the more forgiveness or the of debt. Like you know? Mike Lindell, the pillow man, the pillow. Yeah, <laughs> he he it was a drug addict and a. All right. And now everybody's just jumping on him because he wants to be an activist and, and go into that arena. But, I mean, he's been forgiven but, much. and he, he, You know, what am I supposed to say to the guy? Yeah, politics, your is, politics is dog-eat-dog, dog, for sure. But in, in this case, I think that um, for people who feel like the older brother, right, in the story of the prodigal son, yeah. who feel like they've done everything right. Oh, yeah. I'm in trouble. We, I never left your house. Right. We could get to a point where we don't realize how much has been given to us and we're unthankful. Amen. And so then, Amen. you know, you're in this position where you start looking at God like, well, why haven't I gotten this? Why haven't I gotten that? Well, why are they getting this or why are they getting that? Well, you know, you start questioning God's graciousness towards right. you and you lack thanksgiving. When you enter the Lord's courts, right, with, you do it with thanksgiving. Why? Because that is the key to unlocking God's graciousness. If you're not thankful for what God has already given you, what makes you think that you're going to be the type of person God's going to give you? Or how about these to? people that say, if I just had more money, I, I would be better off. I've got we, something for those people. You ready for this? What is it? Money only solves the problems that not having money causes. So when you have money and your bills are paid and you still have all the rest of your problems... <laughs> <laughs> you're going to be frustrated. That's a good point. It is. Are we ready? So once again, you know, I, I would make a statement here. You know, if someone would say to me, would you rather, you know, preach a message or have praise and worship? If you had a choice, I would always choose praise and worship because that was the first thing that Adam did in the garden was to praise God with, with his breath, you know, and then of course you can, you can teach later and you can preach later and all these other things, you know, but I was just really thinking about that, you know, uh, what, what worship can do for us, you know, what worship can do for me. Uh, it's so powerful. So as we go into the, uh, once we know, we know that the, the priests were required to be holy, the sacrifices were requ required to be holy. It was holy stuff, right? What about holy time? Time can be holy. Absolutely. And so we have the Lord's feasts here, the holiness of time. And who do the feasts belong to? You know, the feasts belong to the Lord. He says, even these are my feasts. Very good. You know, there was an example where the Greeks were looking for Jesus. And I think in the complete Jewish Bible, he called them 
uh, Greek Jews or Jewish Greeks or whatever. But the bottom line says the Greeks were there at the time of the festival, the feast day of Passover, and they were looking for Jesus. It said the Greeks. So I think there was other people that, you know, converts or whatever, uh, God-fearers or whatever, uh, that's a class of people, uh, that actually were actually keeping the feast. So we're going to get into that. And, of course, the word feast is number 4150 in the Strong's Concordance. It's the Hebrew word, a moed, and it means an appointment, a fixed time or season, an assembly. That's right. And the first mention is found in the book of Genesis in chapter 1. And here it is, chapter 1, verse 14. And God said, let there be lights in the firmament of the heaven to divide the day from the night and let them be for signs and for seasons and for days and for years. Genesis now, what? Genesis 1.14. Now here's the deal. Was that a moed? There's four words here. So that's the, that's the uh, astronomical calendar. Up there. The sun, the moon, the stars, the, the ecliptic. God created planets. the sun and the moon and the stars. Because there'll be a full moon on Passover. For these reasons. He Full says for signs, which this word in Hebrew literally just means signals. He's going to put signs in the heavens for us to interpret, to, to communicate. Number two is for seasons. This is not spring, summer, fall, and winter. This is seasons. This is the word moedim, which is moed. Plural. It's appointments, right? More than one. This is feasts. The word here is feasts. So he put these together for signals, for feasts, and then it says for days and for years. Wow. So literally God created the sun, moon, and stars to speak to us, to tell us when our right. appointments with him are, meaning the, and the festivals. And it's a lunar calendar for God. And for the calendar. That's good. That's right. You know, it's like, you know, when we celebrate the new moon, that's when the first liver of light hits the moon. But see, we don't give off our own light. It's his light. And it's, it, we, you know, we feel like we're, we're kind of dull and not really bright. And then it starts to get brighter and brighter and brighter. Then bam. Pesach, you know, is a full moon. It's, yeah. It's bright, shining, right. fully right. redeemed. And then, of course, the tabernacles were fully uh, regathered, you know, and that, that's pretty good. Uh, the word convocations is number 4744. It's the Hebrew word, a mikra, and it means something called out, a public meeting, and a rehearsal. So, once again, you're not supposed to be staying home, folks. You're not supposed to be staying home. Something called out, a public meeting, and a rehearsal. Mm. So... We don't fulfill the feast, we just participate. So in here that. in my King James Bible in 23.3, where it says Holy Convocation, that's that word mikra, which means a public assembly, a rehearsal? Yes, so we are required to go to church. Because wow. the Sabbath is the first one. If you look at Leviticus chapter 23, verses 1 through 44, here's the uh, feast days, 1 through 8. We have the Sabbath, which is the Shabbat. We have Passover, which is Pesach. We have unleavened bread, which is Hag HaMatzah. We have first fruits, which is Bikarim. We have Pentecost, which is Shavuot. We have trumpets, which is Yom Teruah. We have atonement, which is Yom Kippur. And we have tabernacles, which, of course, is Sukkot. So, if you don't keep the Sabbath, you're stoned to death. If you don't keep the feast days, you're excommunicated. Wow. So, which holiday has the most importance? The Sabbath. The weekly Sabbath. Yeah. 52 stoning opportunities. Coming at a synagogue. Jesus. <laughs> oh, it's terrible. Can you imagine my family? Ten rock piles. Oh. So anyway, just think about that. So we have the eight feasts of the Lord, and uh, we love to celebrate holidays. And notice the pagan holidays. We don't have time for that. But uh, but once again, the Passover unleavened bread and first fruits are the spring feasts that, that, of course, have been fulfilled. We can see that as they came out of Egypt, and Yeshua is our lamb. He's our unleavened bread. He's our first fruits. He rose from the dead the day after the Sabbath. 
Uh, so that has been fulfilled, is being fulfilled, as we can see now. People are being born again even today. The Jews always bring to remembrance coming out of Egypt. So that's pretty powerful. What we do is from Passover to Pentecost or Shavuot or the Feast of Weeks, because there's seven weeks plus one day, takes us to Pentecost, which is 50, penti in the Greek. So Passover is connected to Shavuot, which is called the counting of the Omer. Uh-huh. And so prophetically, we look at uh, we are currently in... We are in Pentecost because God is pouring out his spirit, gathering his children. Now, here's the war. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Just got a download, got a thought. There's a lot of spirits interfering with the Holy Spirit in our lives. So we got to separate the two and say, which one is the spirit of God and which one is a familiar spirit or a foul spirit or whatever it is, a spirit of division. And, and I would say that, so prophetically, we are in Pentecost. Now, on the Feast of Pentecost, we know we were given the... Uh, the Torah and Exodus 19 and Acts 2, we were given the promise of the Ruach HaKodesh, the Holy Spirit, would convict the world of sin, righteousness, and judgment. Now, just break this down real quick. People want to know, what's the deal with the Holy Spirit? What about the Godhead? What's going on here? If we look at our culture today, Ryan, nobody's talking about sin. They'll say bad behavior. They'll be on a talk show. It was my parents. You know, so what happens is, if we look at it, he's going to convict the world of sin. Right? So we have to know what sin is. The second thing is he's going to convict the world of what? Righteousness. Righteousness. Amen. Because if we go there, and, and this is so important that we preach this, that we show this, this to everybody. This is one of my favorite sets of verses But this is, this is so important, you know. He says right here, you know, it's really simple, to be honest with you. Uh, I mean, I was just like, this is great. It says right here, uh, uh, nevertheless, I tell you the truth. This is John 16, 7. Nevertheless, I tell you the truth. It is expedient for you that I go away, for if I go not away, the Comforter will not come unto you, the Paracletos. That means one called alongside to help. But if I depart, I will send him unto you. And when he has come, he will reprove the world of sin and of righteousness and of judgment. So this is the sign of the Holy Spirit in our life. Number one, of sin because they believe not on me. So what's Jesus doing here? So the Holy Spirit's going to say, Jesus has come because of your sin. So you have to recognize your sin because this man came, because God came in the flesh. Yeah. The Son of God. Amen. This is now this this Holy Spirit is holy. And when you start talking about this stuff, you'll see other spirits get riled up. Now here's the thing. What did he come to save you from? Your sin. That's right. Of righteousness, because I go to my father and you see me no more. So here's the thing. He's going to convict the world of righteousness, meaning that Jesus did come and take care of sin, took it away, take it away, and he goes to be with the Father. And now he's our high priest. But that's the righteousness of Christ. That's amen. So let's finish with this. Of judgment, because the prince of this world is judged. So we say, devil, Yeshua has shown me my sins. I've confessed my sins. He died for my sins. He is seated at the right hand of, of the Father in the righteousness that he gave to us, that he still holds. And he judged you guilty. Amen. He took the keys back from you and gave Amen. them back to me. And I say that right now at this table. That's we have gospel. authority over demons and devils. So that's where we're at on that. And then, of course, in the fall, we have trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles. The sound of a trumpet and uh, atonement and tabernacles. Now, real quickly here, I'm going to let you share, Ryan, yeah. because the feasts are one of my favorite things. Oh, man, we could do I this. love being being Israel, being grafted in. I love that whole subject matter. It's incredible. Bringing people along, and I love the feast days. Now, Ryan, this is my Torah portion when I was born. What? 
when I was born, a wee little lad. This was mine. Wow. So here's the cool thing. And I want to share this with everybody. This is public records. If you study astronomy, right, you'll see that in Revelation 12, there's an incredible sign in the heavens up there. And I won't get into all of it because for the sake of time, because I'm already one minute past this page. In 3 BC, on the Feast of Trumpets, that sign manifested over Jerusalem. The woman, the lion, the conjunction, everything, yep. the dragon, the male child being born. That was all the sign in the heaven in 3 BC on the Feast of Trumpets over Jerusalem. Huh. Bar none, public records. So what are you saying? Yeshua was born during the fall feasts. If you could look up astronomical signs, and then it says a male child was born, and that Satan wanted to, to kill the child. Yes. Hydra was underneath this constellation. You know, I've got that app, astronomy app, that you can go up in the stars and see everything. Mm -hmm. So so I want, I want to just close with that. So that's kind of like where we're at on that. So... We're, we're connected to, right now, from Passover to Shavuot, the counting of the Omer. So any, any thoughts on the feast days for you? Well, first off, I came into Hebrew roots through the feast days, right? I found out That's right. about the pagan roots of the holidays is that it I truth? was celebrating. Truth or, or tradition, tradition by Jim Staley. Truth yeah. or tradition. Truth or tradition by Jim Staley. It was a great teaching. Yes. I, you know, it, actually, my first mistake was canceling the cable. And then I'm watching, you know, teachings on YouTube, and that's a rabbit trail in and of itself, which, you yeah. know, it is what it is, right? But that, that brought me here, right? Wow. And I, tell, I say that people wash ashore like beached whales at Beit Tehillah, right? So, like, they've been battered and bruised. They've been on a journey, you know what I mean? And then, like, yeah. <laughs> and then we find them on this, this little island, you know, that they come and they find us. But Yeah, that's true. <clears throat> this, uh, this concept of the feast days changed my life forever because I'll, I just I can never look at holidays the same way again. We don't look at holidays the way God intended us to. Right. We don't look at them as appointments with God. Now, there's a lot of debate about calendars and this and yeah, that. A little bit. Uh, just a just, just Is there a karite in yeah, the room? Yeah. Just a smidgen of, of controversy around the lunar, calendar. Solar, anyone? But <laughs> <laughs> I'm trying not to get into the details. Of no, the, the just controversy. About it, it makes me sick. Like yeah. I, I feel lost. But you know, here's the thing about this, right? I want to give everyone uh, a, a, a bit of peace about whether you're doing it right or not. Right. Okay. Because we're it's, what you were seven hours behind Israel? Well, it says right here. There's Eastern Standard Time. Correct. It says four right hours here. on the West Coast. Oh God. I know. I'm gonna get this out. I'm just saying, think about it. When Yeshua comes back, what time is it going to be? Whatever time he wants it to be. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> you ever think about that? No, have you ever thought about the midnight hour? Is yeah. that Israel time? Yeah. Well, when is Yeshua's birthday? Well, he he doesn't really have a birthday because he never was, you know, he's always been. So. so if he comes at midnight, he's really coming at 3 o'clock for me. If he comes at midnight, he's really coming at 3 o'clock? No. He's I mean, coming, seven hours? Or no, no, 5 o'clock. 5 o'clock. Yeah. You see what I'm saying? This is where it could get nutty. This is whacked, yeah. Because you know, people years ago were like having their bags, and people were ready to be raptured out of here certain times and seasons. And back in the back in the heyday, you know, the people had like false prophets and stuff going around, and there was a big buy into that stuff. Yeah, eighty-eight reasons up. Jesus is coming in nineteen. Well, that was nineteen eighty-eight. <laughs> I'm just saying that when you get into this calendar thing, well, here's you know, the deal. Though, I want to put people at ease because um, I think the bigger principle about the feast days is unity. God wants us to come together and worship him in spirit and in truth, and he wants us to do it together. This word mikra, 
which we just mentioned previously, right. is the reason why we say the Sabbath, you have to get together. It's a public meeting, right? Right. It also means rehearsal. Rehearsal has the connotation that it's not the final product. That's right. Yeshua's coming. He's going to straighten all this out. But in the meantime, we need to be obedient to the bigger principles That's right. that he's given us in the Torah. That's right. One of which is unity, right? Right. While not forsaking the truth. So we're doing that. We're blending it together because we don't have the exact answer, right? I, and I, right. I know that there's somebody watching this that has a reason why they are correct and this is the answer. Yeah. You're wrong. The reason you're wrong is because you are convinced that you have the answer. I'm not saying that the actual thing you're saying is wrong, right? But the idea that you're wrong, right, and yeah. someone else is wrong. Time is tricky, boy. Is 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 the problem? Time is tricky, and how we can become self righteous and lose the righteousness of Christ that we were just talking. Let about. me throw another wrench in there for you. I mean, sure. think about this. Go ahead. Go ahead. What's the Hebrew calendar year that Bring we're currently in that they that they say we are in? Fifty-seven. What? Seventy? No. Fifty-seven. Fifty-seven. Eighty-one. I don't know. Here we are. We're doing. Go great. figure. Good time. <laughs> This is great timing. No, but here's the deal. Uh, it's been said that 250 years were taken out of that calendar because of a technicality. Right. So, right. so what I'm saying to all of you is that if a day is a thousand years, a thousand years is one day. We don't know the day or the hour. We know the seasons. Well, it's almost Shabbat. You mentioned seasons. But what I'm saying is that if we're closer to 6,000, we, we probably are because he's going to rule for a thousand. Yeah. So, but we don't know. We could be closer to six thousand because of everything that's yeah. happening than what it what it shows. You could actually research this out, but they they extracted two hundred fifty years because of a technicality. But you could actually insert it. Sure. So that would put us closer to six thousand. I'll put us over at that point. Um, you know, I, I I personally just believe that people need to get plugged into a community of believers that want to have a hand reached out to the 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 Orthodox Jews and. They want to have a hand reached out to the church, and they want to keep Yeshua at the center of everything that they do in love. And what does it say? It says in, um, oh, man, it says in Colossians. Where's it, it Colossians? Colossians in the New, New Testament. About keeping the feast? It does. It's a shadow of things it's sh- Well, hey, come on, you're giving away what I'm saying. Good, that means we're on the same But what page. does it say? It says that it's a shadow of things to come. If I could find the Colossians. the body is of Christ. Philippians, Colossians, right? It says, "Oh, it's highlighted." It says, "Let yellow. no man therefore judge you in meat or in drink, or in respect to a holy day, or of the new moon, or of the Sabbath days, which are a shadow of things to come, but the body is of Christ. It's the body or the substance. Look, Yeshua is the Sabbath. Do you, wait a second. Yeah. The principle. Yeshua is the. So when people say that, there. that's a way to to push off keeping the Sabbath." Yeshua is the Sabbath. So maybe we should keep the Sabbath. Yeah, I I would think so. Wait a second. Unless you're in corporate America. That's tough. Or you work in retail. I get it. I get it. That's not not my point. My point is not to condemn people that are currently on the journey to making their way to, you know, observance, right? Or their level of observance of keeping or whatever. My point is that... People will say, God knows my heart. And it's wicked. And that's the problem. The heart <laughs> is wicked. So the, the whole thing I'm trying to get to people is that this is not something that you have to do. This is an invitation from the living God saying, hey, I'm throwing a party. We want to walk with God. Here's the day. Right. Here's the time. Here's the theme. Walk with this me. This is what's on the menu. You want to come to my party? And we're like, huh, 
No, I think I'm gonna throw my own party. Yeah. What? Why would you do that, right? But it's about somebody right. giving you the paradigm to change your perspective so that and you he can loves see it, when we it keep for what his it is. Because we participate with him, our God. You know, it's kind of like you know. Well, do you want to participate? That's, that's the, the question. And who's where is your heart? What's your role? The substance yeah. is of Christ. So yeah, the substance. That's it. Is of Christ. Now here's where it gets to be very interesting as we close out these feast days in the fall, right? Is the eighth day attached to the end of the seven days of the Feast of Tabernacles? Yes. Did I mention the, the substances of Christ? day. I will make sure I hit that. Eighth great day. So they do the water libation ceremony where they take the water oh, from the pool of yeah, Siloam yeah, and they yeah. process down. There's a, there's a, there's a processional. Oh, yeah. million processionals. Well, there they were. Yep. And they bring this water to the altar and they dump it because they want rain for their crops. Right. They want rain. They want the blessing of rain because when there's no rain, you're cursed. And they do the rain dance. And Yeah, basically. <laughs> so my thing is, though, what does Yeshua do in their water libation ceremony? That's not even in the Torah. It's not even in the Bible. Yeah. He followed along with the customs tradition says, if anyone is thirsty, let him come to me and drink. Yes. He was referencing that because of yes. that custom and tradition. Because he says he was there at which that is, time. Which is seeing Yeshua in it all. You know, Just like when they the, the, the Jewish people... They take the bread, right? They're loving bread. They have so much time to make it. They got to be hurry. They got to yeah. hurry up. And what do they do? They score it. 18 minutes. Oh, yeah. Where'd that come from? You know, the yeah. marks of, of Yeshua. Yeah. So they're scoring it, having unleavened bread, the afikoman, the hidden one. It's all right there. Right. It's a picture of Yeshua. But their eyes have been blinded, you know, I which saw, is fine. I saw a video of uh, good Jewish friends of ours, and they had like a whole little like train, you know, little assembly oh, set up. Yeah, you don't, where, like you can't be daydreaming. Like, on the that bowl one. is clean, right? Everybody yeah. sees the bowl is clean. Like they're videotaping it. You, you know? can't be daydreaming. All right, the minute the water hits the flour, yeah, eighteen minutes are on. They just yeah. go for it, man. That's it. And it's got to be done. It's gonna I be think, cooked. I like that. That's exciting. It was so. I cool. love pressure. I just thought it was cool. I mean, you know what? You're doing it for God. It's just like, look, I'm this is fun stuff we can do because other people see that as legalism. I see it as like, wow. It's pretty cool. That's so the, cool. So the eighth day is considered a solemn assembly, and no work is to be done on this day. You know, this is where you get Simchat Torah, the joy of Torah. Yep. And this is where, after this, you repeat the Torah cycle. You the go back to Genesis. Great day. Uh, that was even on here. How did I know that? Oh, after 21 years. Who could figure that one out? Who did Moses declare the feast of the Lord to? The children of Israel. The United Methodists. Um, no? The B'nai Israel. What about the non-denominationals? Did he declare it to them? No, because Israel's in there. Was it the Pentecostals? The children of Israel. Now, once again, the three national feast days are Passover, Pentecost, and Tabernacles. I can't get into all that, but it's found in Exodus 23, verses 15 through 17, Deuteronomy 16, verses 16 through 17. And for those of you that are listening to this, this is my teaching Yeah. for Saturday, the three national feast days and how it's relevant for today. Mm. That's right. So bring your little... Uh, Bring your feast stuff. Now, if Yeshua fulfilled the spring feasts, Passover, unleavened bread, first fruits, would he fulfill the fall feasts, trumpets, atonement, and tabernacles in the future? Now, you're going to say yes, Ryan, to that. Now, here's the deal. Uh, yes. If we look at the feast days, they were fulfilled on the day. When the children of Israel left Egypt, it was Passover. Mm -hmm. Then it was unleavened bread. Then it was first fruits. They crossed the Red Sea. It was to the day. Now, as you develop the storyline, we know that Yeshua is our unleavened bread, right? He is what? He is our first fruits. Mm -hmm. So that has been fulfilled. It is being fulfilled. Now, and when we become born again, that's part of the National Feast Day of Passover. Now, when we move uh, even, even further now, as we look at this, like I said, to the day. 
So if Passover the date of the hour, is yeah. connected to Shavuot or Pentecost, we know that the Torah was given, Exodus 19, Acts 2. That has been fulfilled, that is being fulfilled. People are getting filled with the Spirit, and they're having Torah on their minds and their hearts. So prophetically, once again, we're in Shavuot, going back to this. 2,000 years towards the last great feast day, which is the Feast of Ingathering. So a trumpet has to be blasted. I found that in Zechariah. Very interesting. We'll get into that later. But the trumpet over us, 10 days of all. There's the righteous, the intermediates, the wicked. There's three classes of people. And then, of course, you have the Day of Atonement, where he separates the sheep from the goats, the goat nations, and, of course, the sheep nations. And so that is pretty incredible, Ryan. So we're going to hit this thing right now. Now, we talked about priests are holy. We talked about uh, uh, sacrifices need to be holy. And last but not least, time is holy. But now it's interesting that God's going to shine a light on something. Why don't you discuss (laughs) Leviticus chapter 24, the menorah and the showbread is uh, Leviticus chapter 24, verses 1 through 9. We don't need to read for the sake of time. I see what you did there. Shine some light. Yeah. I see that. Oh, this was good Monday <laughs> night. That's all I can say. Oh, yeah. The light and the bread. Yeah. Well, how are you going to eat the bread if you don't have any light? That's what I'm saying. It's candlelit dinner. That's it. You know? So uh, Leviticus chapter 24 in verse 2, it says, Command the children of Israel that they bring unto thee pure oil, olive, beaten for the light, to cause the lamps to burn continually. So they had a special way to make the oil for the menorah. That's right. In the inner court. There's no windows, so that's the only light that's going to be given. That's it. And everything's plated with gold, so it's pretty bright. How many cakes were put upon the pure table before the Lord? Twelve. One for each tribe of Israel. One for each tribe. And by the way, the table of showbread is overlaid with gold, but it had, of course, two hand breadths of of a border. Right. Two borders around it. Right. So you might get over the first wall. But you don't get over the second yeah, one. It's like a precaution it. like God gives it's us. like a little moat. I know you're going to go over the side a little bit, so I'm going to make two so you can't get off that thing. <laughs> and, of course, it, it, it's uh, you want to share about how it's exchanged. Well, yeah, of course. It was exchanged for fresh loaves every Shabbat, every so, Sabbath. So what's happened, Ryan, real quickly here, I want to share this with everybody listening. This We are at a critical time in this movement. You're either going to make it or you're not in this movement. Mm. There's no there's no purgatory. I agree with that. There's, there's no shrinking back. There's no, well, I'm going to go this way. No, that's going to be it because it's going to be hard to get back, especially a certain mindset. Because why? Because God puts a deluding spirit on people that won't receive the truth. And you'll see that in people. So what I want to do is this, because I share this on Monday night. Emphatically, I share this. When we first came into the Hebrews of the Christian faith, it was great. We got into the inner court. We had the Holy Spirit. We're filled with the Holy Spirit. We had the menorah. It was lighting. It showed us the table. We went from being Pentecostal to being Israelites. We see the bread. We see the table. We see the fellowship. We have the Holy Spirit. We have the fellowship. We have the bread. We have Shabbat because the bread's changed out every week. So we're doing great. We're getting into this. This movement Fresh, is really hot cool. Bread. It's doing well, right? Yeah. And now we know how to come to the altar. Now we need to know how to pray. Well, before we could really get to the altar of incense. The enemy came in the inner court and wreaked havoc. They sure did. Brought in wrong spirits. Yep. Bad spirits, not the Holy Spirit. And that kept us away from the table and the bread and the Shabbat from being together yeah. because we were we were not we were we were not in unity. We were not one. Yeah. So that's what happened. So there's this debate that people get these debates about the calendar and the sacred name. And that's why they can't come to the table because they don't have a right spirit. Amen. So I'm saying this, that God is rectifying this. He's fixing this. And I understand it fully. I was very emphatic about this on Monday night. And I people say, that was a good word. Because it truly is in this movement. We have to have a right spirit. We need to come to the table. You know, that's how President Reagan was so successful about his enemies. Yeah. He would tell his, his cabinet members, 
this guy doesn't like me. He's talking about me. I want to have lunch with him. Bring him to the table. Yeah. That's how he went over his enemies. And he knew the only way he was going to be communism or Gorbachev in Russia was if I could get him to the table, I can win. So that's how he treated his enemies. But the problem is, see, if you can't get the enemies to the table, they're going to remain your enemies. Yeah. So I just want to share that thought because this is so important. Uh, it's hard in, to hate somebody regard. you know. You so know. You, if you want to continue on. I'd love to. It says here, who is to eat the bread from the table? Aaron and his sons. So the priests. The yeah. priests were to now, eat Now, real quickly, as, as I reflect on stories in the Bible, only the priests could eat that bread. Now, remember the one story in the Bible, David was hungry. And the priest said, all we have is this bread, but you right. can't have it. But David says, but we're hungry. So the priest gave it to him, and he wasn't struck down dead. Yeah. Because there was a need. Right. Because he was running for his life. Saving life. You know, yeah. that's funny. That's why he, he never wanted that to happen to him again. Because when he counted the people, God says, how would you like to be pursued by your enemies for a period of time? He mm, says, no, yeah, I've already no. done that. I'm all set with that. I got the t-shirt. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and so he asked for a plague and 70,000 people died. Oh. And after plague, there's great opportunity. So what happened after the plague? That's why you got to be positive about this COVID thing. There's God's going to have glory out of this. Come on. First of all, the, the t- we got the temple mount from David from the Jebusites. He, he purchased the threshing floor yeah. after this situation to build the altar for atonement. So good things come after a plague. So like I said, as you look at this storyline uh, and you see how it all plays out, the table of showbread uh, is for the priests. It's 12 tribes, represents us, table of fellowship. How many of you know that if we don't have a right spirit, Ryan, you and I can't sit across from each other and drink coffee and have bread? Right. Why, it, why do it? Why would we do it? We could try it, and it wouldn't be unsuccessful. So why don't you continue on, because I've shared all my inspiration and all my thoughts you are, that I you are share. got a full tank Was today. I on fire on that? Was yeah, that good? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You it's got a full tank. It's some good tank. stuff. Absolutely. I'm telling you, Ryan. No, it is. And you know what? Uh, we need we need more of the indwelling of the Holy Spirit. Because I'm going to let you continue on in this chapter, because God gave me a revelation on Monday night. Now, remember what I said. Yeah. If you don't have a right spirit, yeah, and you don't come to the table, you're not in unity. Right. This next example is what the Lord showed me is happening in the body of Christ today. Well, then here you go. So what happened blasphemy. to the son of who? Of uh, what happened to the son who had a mother that was an Israelite and a father who was an Egyptian? He was stoned because he blasphemed the name of the Lord and cursed. Boom. Brought a bad reputation to the Lord, a bad name. Yeah. He blasphemed the name of the Lord. See, that's what's happening in this movement, Ryan. They're blaspheming God, and they don't even realize it. They're doing things that are unacceptable. And now, all of a sudden, look what's going to be the verdict. He's yeah. stoned. He's stoned. Well, and you know what's interesting is the very next verse in chapter you know, 24, verse 17, the Lord forbids murder. Right. So we're making a distinction between stoning this, this a person. A judgment, for, a righteous right. judgment, capital punishments in the Bible. Versus murder for selfish And they're removing gain. capital punishment yeah. from the world. That's cruel. That's not right. Right. Really? You know, there's no... You know, there's no prisons in Torah. There's no prison system yeah. laid out. There's just exile. Yeshua would say, well, you didn't come visit me in prison. That's a man-made institution. Mm. Yeah, interesting. That's a good point. I know. Yeah, because the Romans had the prison at that point, right? Oh, yeah. Before I them, mean, it was the Greeks. That's you had cities of refuge, but not prisons. Huh, interesting. You know, I mean, think about it. Anyone who kills a beast shall make it good. That was in verse 18. And then verse 20 says this, Breach for breach, eye for eye, tooth for tooth, as he hath caused a blemish in a man, so shall it be done to him again. This is that principle of restitution, and also the principle of the punishment should match the crime, right? 
Um, you can't, you know, if somebody just stubbed your toe, you don't cut his hand off. You know, twenty four twenty. And uh, finally, and this is actually that's funny. There's no cross reference in there for that to go back in the New Testament. You know what I'm saying? Yeah, but it's you know almost what? like you know, kind of give a little more than what you've been given. You know, like if people take advantage of you, it's okay. You know, it'll be rectified. Yeah, you, you're going to get paid back. It'll be fine. But what I'm saying is, it's kind of interesting. It's almost like if somebody takes advantage of you, it's okay to some degree. Is what he's re- referencing in the New Testament. You have heard that it was said. Remember the restitution and the knife for a tooth for a tooth. But I say to you, yeah. So he's almost like defining something. Like, you can go a little better, a little longer. I see. Well, uh, thank you, Holy Spirit. It's like this. I want restitution. He's like, listen, don't worry about it. If they want to do it, they'll do it. But if they don't, they don't. Correct. It's kind of like something like that. Correct. Don't demand this. Let's just see, you know. So um, I'm going to pull something up here, but I want to read to you guys uh, chapter 24, verse 22, because this is one of those things that I, I love these types of verses because they're they're just so like key to really getting the black and white understanding of, of what we're doing here why we do the things that we do, um, and things like that. So, um, oops, I pulled up the wrong one. Uh, Leviticus chapter 24, and then a verse 22. And it says here, You shall have one manner of law as well for the stranger, as for one of your own country, for I am the Lord your God. And that's the first, well, the first time the word law is ever mentioned is found in Exodus 1249. So here's the, that's a cross reference. Yeah. The word law. Right. And so this is, is also standard of judgment. Um, this word here is actually mishpat, which is mishpatim. Like mishpatim, exactly Plural. right. Um, and we're talking about uh, the commands that are given and things like that. Uh, and it go, it's going through and it's kind of giving us some random stuff about not killing this, not killing that. And then it says you should have one manner of law or one standard of judgment as well for the stranger and as for one for your country. For I am the Lord, your God. I am Yahweh, your Elohim. And I just, I, I love when I see these types of verses because again, this is, God didn't have to put this in here for us to understand the principle, but he did anyways, just so there wouldn't be any confusion. That the standards are the same for us, and that these are relevant for us today. Even if we weren't a born Israelite and we're grafted in, guess what? Now that you're grafted in, you're a part of it. But even if you were a stranger and you just happened to be among the Israelites, you would still be part of this. And so it says here, does the Lord require a stranger to keep his law? Yes. Yes, they do. Man. So what two lessons can be learned from the Torah portion Emor say from a consensus of Pastor Nick? Okay. I'll say these two things. This is what kind of stood out to me. It's kind of interesting how he'll give these period of instructions and everything, and then they'll be fine and they'll do it. And then something bad will happen. Well, he comes all the way around again and gives the instructions. Like one time they got in trouble, he says, all right, it's time to move on. You messed up. We cleaned it up. Let's move on. I would say number one. Priests, sacrifices, and God's holy days are holy. Right. That's number one. Number two, I would say, based upon this particular Torah portion, I would say that make sure that you have a right spirit, okay, a right spirit within you to come to the table and be in unity. So if you have a right spirit, I can sit across from you. I want to have lunch with you. I want to be with you. 
See, that's the thing. Now, if, if you don't have a right spirit, you're not going to want to sit at the table with someone. Or, or people or aren't going to want to sit at the table with you. Right. So that's what I would say. I would say, you know, um, have a right spirit and come to the table. So I've got one for you. For those people that are on the fence and trying to make a decision on whether or not there's anything to this whole Torah thing or the Shabbat or whatever, I would say start with the Shabbat. Uh, The proof is in the pudding. Friday night to Saturday night, start doing the Shabbat. If you start doing the Shabbat and it bears fruit, it'll do it. If it doesn't, it won't, right? That's awesome. One or the other. Those are the famous words of Eddie Attilis. That's how he got me to start doing the Shabbat. And you'll never forget. And the rest it. is history. He I'll impacted your life. He what did. A, what a testimony. Absolutely. The second thing I have is this God is personally inviting you to his appointed feasts. He's giving you an invitation, just like Yeshua invited you to be born again and be saved from the second death. God is now saying, Now that you're part of my kingdom, I'm inviting you to the royal banquet. Take the invitation. Participate with me. Take the invitation. Participate with For me. The Lord's sake, take. Remember what Yeshua said. I long to celebrate this feast. With oh him. man, he does. So think about what kind of rehearsal we're having because yeah. we had the second Passover. The calendar day was Monday night. Was the second Passover time that gotcha. if you want to do the second Passover. So what I'm saying is that if you think about it, if in closing here, closing, here's <laughs> the deal. We got the Omer. <laughs> Yeah, anyway, but here's the deal. If it's truly a rehearsal, then how good are satyrs? How how well are we doing on our satyrs? Mm. Because the marriage supper of the lamb is coming. It's coming. So if you love the satyr and you go all out and you do a good job at a satyr, oh, yeah. how much better is it going to be at the marriage supper of the lamb to see everybody at that table? Because remember, in closing here, God likes to eat. He does. Amen. All right. So we are in the Omer season. I didn't get into this about how we here at Beit Tehila calculate the Omer. Seven Sabbaths plus one day. Well, May, May 22nd. Yeah, yeah. But then how we got to this, whatever. We're starting, or we're today in the 26th day. Tonight at sundown. Right. It'll be the 27th day. Right. Of counting of the Omer. Okay. We're over halfway through now. That's We've right. We've made it past the middle, the middle, uh, middle line. And so here we go. You ready? Baruch atah Adonai Eloheinu Melech HaOlam Asher Kitchenu B'Mitzvotav B'Tzivanu Al-Sifarat HaOmer Blessed are you, O Lord our God, King of the universe, whose commandments add holiness to our lives and gives us the command to count the Omer. Today is 26, 26 days, days, which is three weeks and five days of the, of the counting, counting of the over. Hallelujah. You know, we don't have our notes in front no, of us this time. you're better than I am. I think, well, I never have notes. They say imitation is the highest form of flattery, Come on, so man. I try to imitate you. Oh, praise God. That's great. So, Father, thank you so much. Thank you for your feast days. Thank you for your Shabbat. Thank you for the menorah. Thank you for the table of showbread, God. Thank you for unity among the brethren, Father. We love you and we thank you in Yeshua's name. Amen. Bless you guys. Have a great week. 